Love Talk Radio. Connor 
uh, in the absence of Le'Veon Bell uh, with his 190 total yards and uh, two TDs. Um, certainly he was not without warts. Part of the reason why the Browns were able to come back was a fumble uh, on our own 20 by said James Conner. That's not some uh, – Le'Veon Bell does not let the rock fall from his hands too often. He's only done that once over the past three seasons. So that was um, a concern. But overall feeling pretty pretty good about a tie against a team that uh, you, misrepresent, you misrepresent with the 131 record because they, they're certainly much better than that uh, with a whole different team and, uh, and outlook this year. All right. Um, guys, anyone have any thoughts? Anybody want to take case out of task? No, because I actually had Cleveland win that game. Kind of mad that they, that they end up tying myself. <laughs> I just want to get an understanding of the, uh, the, the, the six turnovers. Was that all Cleveland? Was that some Steelers? No. I mean, who? I didn't watch that game. No. Um, well, okay, so a couple were cleaning out, like, Miles Garrett. That guy's a beast, by the way. My God. Um, you know, he had a, a sack fumble. I think he had two on Ben. Uh, so, certainly, you know, a forced fumble by uh, defensive edge rushers is not on us. That's that's a play credit to, to their defense. But, um, yeah, I, I, two of the three interceptions were actually tipped off our hands into the defender's hands because it was just the weather conditions were pretty horrible. So, that was unfortunate. Um but, you know, I mean, they, they forced some of those turnovers. Uh, even the James Conner turnover, you know, uh, I forget which defender it was, but he, he punched the ball out of his hand. So, I mean, you know, I'm going to give credit to the Browns for, for forcing them, but the Steelers were, you know, I mean, there were six, but there's a lot to go through, right? So, I mean, you know, I would say half were actually definitely on the Browns making a play. And, I mean, half were the Steelers just playing sloppy and not taking care of the ball and not securing it uh, at the catch point. All right, so let me, let me just let me just let me just say something here. You know, listen, we I have to be real here. Now we all said that the Browns looked like they were going to be better than they were, but where else could they go? <laughs> you know, they won one game in two years, so it, it's not rocket science. It's not you know, I, I, it doesn't take the omniscient one to predict that the Browns are going to be better because they really can't get any worse. I mean, I, I believe they're the only team in NFL history to have one win in two years. So we all can agree that, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say that the three of us or four of us can go and shoot up and they probably be better than the team that they put on the field the last couple of years, okay? So, so we, all, we already understand that. But, you see, K-Star, my problem is, is that you're the Steelers. You're the juggernaut. You're like, you know, you, you guys are Super Bowl contenders every year, okay? And you go in there and get a tie. And Ben didn't look all that good. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I, and, and it's the first game of the season, so I get that, but it's the first game for them too. So I, I think, you know, you trying to downplay it. I, I'm not buying it, bro. I think that loss stung you a lot more than you're acting like on this show because it's the Browns, bro. It's the Browns. And you let them tie. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they tied. <laughs> Five quarters. Y'all couldn't get beaten by one point in five quarters? The Browns? Come on, bro. You got to just, you know. I mean, man. We're your brothers, man. I I get that, (laughs) but 
yo, they played some good defense. But the thing is, the Steelers, they missed field goals. They, like, balls are bouncing off their hands. And, like, the, the weather climates were really were, were horrific. Again, 30-mile-an-hour winds, heavy rain. Not trying to make excuses. The Steelers were, <laughs> were passing deep a little bit too much. I don't know what the hell Ben was doing a couple of those times, just acting like it was a normal uh, road condition type atmosphere, environment, which certainly it was, like, the opposite of that. But, um, I mean, again, like, Okay, so no teams have ever won while turning the ball over six times and now accruing over 100 penalty yards. Uh, every team has lost except for now with, with the tie with the Steelers. So, I mean, you can look at it one of two ways. I choose to look at it as like, okay, it was extremely sloppy. They should have lost when you look at it from the angle, but they're talented enough to overcome. And moreover, the big elephant in the room was, how are we going to replace Le'Veon Bell? Well, James Conner wasn't an issue. He was a, an absolute aid, and, and he was balling on Sunday. So that. You know, that's that's a rosy outlook. Let me let me ask one question here with that being said. Granted, Connor played very well, put up a ton of yards and, and scores. We all know that Le'Veon Bell can be the absolute X of X factors. If he was in there instead of Connor, do you think the outcome would have been any different? Uh, you know, I mean, we probably not. Uh, I mean, well, I'll say this. Likely it probably cost us a win because, again, he doesn't fumble, if anything else, and he can still make those same plays that Connor made, obviously. Um, but Connor did have a fumble that in the fourth quarter that let the Browns tie the game to begin with. So it probably would have come out as a win uh, if Le'Veon played because I just – one fumble in the past three seasons is he doesn't drop the rock, just not what he does. So, I mean, I would think that the Steelers would probably would have won, but then again, he wasn't playing in those elements. Uh, he was just – Partying in Miami, apparently, Le'Veon was. So. Okay. All right. Let's shift over to. Uh, let's shift over to. Oh boy. I don't even know what to say, but uh, Dr. Chang, you want to give us some analysis on uh, Captain America and the comeback against Japan? I don't know which analysis you want, man. You want the pissed off analysis? Or you want the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's slowly getting over it analysis, but do you want you know, we'll get him next time analysis. I mean which do you want? Uh I want the honest analysis. Um the Bears played like shit in the second half, to be honest with you, bro. Um it wasn't the same first half intensity. Uh the defense went out on halftime on a very high note, defense score. Uh, definitely took advantage of the backup quarterback, um, but it's not like it's not like Aaron Rodgers was able to move the ball on us before he got injured. So when he comes back halftime, I'm not flinching. Um, they made an adjustment to get the ball out of his hands sooner, which means the defense needed to be tighter than what it was, uh, and it was. Um, they made a few adjustments, but there were some plays, there were some opportunities that were, we still should have, uh, uh, still should have filled the game. I felt like Mr. Bisky was like night and day between first half and second half. The dude still has some. I hope it's just growth. <laughs> He's just let it be growth, because uh, we 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 gave up quite a bit just to move up one 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 spot to get somebody that we probably could have got at three. Um, in the spot that we were in. So uh, he definitely missed. Uh, he actually missed a touchdown in the first half. Um, 
missed some plays in the second and some throws in the, in the second half, and he just looked rattled by the defense. It was and and uh, I'm excited to have Matt Nagy as a head coach, but the one thing I don't like about new coaches, and I feel like Kyle Shanahan falls in the same category. They want to be so aggressive and so uh, exotic with the offense and keep the defense on the heels that sometimes they forget that you should really just line up and just run the ball. That old school mentality still works sometimes in the game. So when it's third and one and it's two minutes and 47 seconds left and the Packers have no timeout and Jordan Howard is actually filling it at this point. He averaged 5.5 yards to carry in that game. You pass the ball. And our young quarterback uh, missed seeing Tariq Cohen, Tariq Cohen on a wheel route that probably would have ended up at the touchdown. So Kyle Fuller, who we just paid uh, $56 million over, I don't know, four or five years with quite a lot of guaranteed money, dropped a breadbasket interception. Wow. Uh, yeah, man, that, that loss hurt like a motherfucker. That, 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 that loss hurt. That, God damn, man. There's the honesty. There it is. There it is. Um, all right. Uh, so we've, we've covered the Steelers. We've covered the Bears. Um, JB, you want to take a stab at the Cowboys? I'll take a stab at it. I'm going to let you have the rest of it. Uh, the, the sum it up, for me, it was frustration. I felt as though the defense was playing well, but the offense, the offensive play calling was – Atrocious. The execution looked rusty, and that's being polite. Um, this was a definitely a winnable game, and for whatever reason, it just seems as though the same issues that we were seeing in the preseason were rearing its ugly head. Now, granted, the offensive line has some shuffling, and we talked about that last week, but it seemed like we predicted our fear because it came true in this game. And even with all that being said, it still should have been a win. Um, I just sum it up as pure frustration, just because of the lack of execution, the lack of the, – the, the vanilla play calling, I think, was a huge detriment. I think they need to open up the playbook some more. They've got – they have receivers, although unproven. They have receivers give a shot downfield, open it up, and it just seemed like they didn't want to do it. Um, so, so, you know, we had, uh, Zach's rookie year and we had Romo, um, injured and then Romo was ready to play after a few weeks and there was a lot of scuttlebutt on, you know, should Romo come in or you go with the hot hand and, um, the general consensus around the league was you keep the hot hand in. And if I recall, I was the guy that kind of held on late into the season and said um, I'd go with the experience. This team was built for Tony. It was built for him. Um, we don't know how long he's got left. 
and, you know, uh, they're playing very well with Dak, but it's Tony's team and it's Tony's scheme. So let's bring Tony back. Two years later, um, I'm not saying this to you guys. I'm saying this just in general. I told you. It ain't easy to play quarterback in the NFL. It's not easy. Ask Dr. Train how many quarterbacks he's had to go through. Okay? Um, uh, uh, K is lucky. He's had Ben for a long time. You know? We were lucky we had Romo for a long time. And I used to tell all the Cowboy fans, y'all want Romo out of there. Well, we saw what happened um, last year. Or, I'm sorry, the last, uh, the last year that Romo actually played, we saw how it was when Romo was out. And he had a broken collarbone, and then he came back in, and then he broke it again. We, we saw what happened. And uh, hey, guys, hold on one sec. Um, keep, I ordered some food, and they're calling. So y'all talk for a minute. I got I to gotta grab my food order. Y'all talk for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. We in the show live, and he got food. Um, well, I, I guess he wow. has a cowboy team. <laughs> No, nah, hold on. Let me, let me blast them real quick. I show up. I show up two minutes late, and I'm unprofessional, and uh, I need to be on time. But this man is literally taking food orders live in the middle of a very serious Tony Romo, Dak Prescott soliloquy. So, okay. All right, but uh, wow. Sorry about that, gentlemen. Sorry about that, audience. Oh, that's all. Sorry about that. Over here, 
you're telling me that you're willing to pay him $16 million to um, sit at home, that's what you're telling me, or to play for another team, and here we have a game, and I don't see anybody stepping up. Now, Dak was off, but there's a couple plays. I'm sitting up there like, can somebody do something here? You know? And then, and then for teams to be sitting there, people, pundits to be sitting up there saying, um, uh, you got to run, you got to run Zeke, you got to run Zeke, you got to run Zeke. Well, I watched him running Zeke. I watched it. And it wasn't happening. I mean, later on in the game, he got a little traction, but it was it wasn't happening. I'm just going I'm just going to cut to the chase. This team sucks right now. Defense looked pretty good. I'm encouraged about the defense. Um, but offensively, six sacks on deck. Um, you know, uh, tentative results in the passing game. Uh, tentative results in the running game. I'm not happy with the offense right now. I'm really not. And, and you know, you make moves in the offseason, and you bring in and you sign this one and do that, and you have all this training, whatever. I didn't see the results of any of it on the field. I didn't see it. So uh, we'll see. We've got the Giants next Sunday night. We'll see. But right now, I ain't pleased with what I'm seeing. I'm really not. And quite frankly, I don't even want to talk about it no more. That's how disgusted I am. I don't want to talk about it no more. Let's move on. Um, all right. We got a uh, – we're going to talk about rookies. Anybody want to talk about who they might want to give the most impressive rookie performance award to? Jay, you want to start? Yeah, and, and I don't want to be a creature of the moment, but – I'm giving it to Sam Donald. I saw the game last night, and it's not so much the numbers. It's not so much the lack of defense Detroit was playing because they they looked absolutely atrocious. But what really caught my eye and why I said I thought he was the number one quarterback in this draft and and, and should have went number one was his poise. Saw him play at USC, and, and, yeah, he had some turnover issues at USC, but he seemed to have a command of the offense that you don't see often. And when I saw him in preseason, I saw that same command of an offense that you don't normally see from a rookie. When I watched the game last night, saw the same thing, command of an offense. I even tweeted out Kareem Hunt fumbles on his very first carry, goes on to have a great year. Donald picked six on his very first throw, had a good game. We'll see about the season as TBD, but he was able to bounce back from that and had a very good game. So that's, that's the one uh, player I would give my rookie, rookie performance of the week to. Okay. Anybody else got one? I probably I didn't watch the game, but I did flip back and forth in here a little bit, man. And uh, I, I think I'll probably give it to Denzel Ward. I had he already given fits over there and, and uh, even still it's kind of fits over there. Yep. Okay. Yeah, he's pretty good. No, I think Sam Darnold definitely deserving. Pretty interesting to see him throw his first pass, pick six, but then come down or come out uh, and show a lot of resiliency after that play, lead them to a win and play really well considering that. Uh, so I think that's, yeah, I agree with, agree with JB on that one. 
Um, what, you don't want to yeah, get to I mean, Denzel, then you watch it for 50 minutes? Yeah, something. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> you watch Denzel for 60 minutes, you don't want to give it to Denzel Ward? Uh, <laughs> no, he didn't get a win. I watched it. Um, oh, oh, I'll, oh, I'll he didn't just, get a win. <laughs> I'll just say, I I will agree with Donald um, in, in, that, in that very impressive win. But I think, you know, I will say that um, Barkley, Saquon, while they didn't get the win and while he was, you know, pretty much kept in, you know, contained for most of the game, he did have one very nice run for a touchdown. And the reason I call it out is because it was Zeke-like where he, continued, you know, they, they kept trying to run him and establish him. And he didn't quit. And then he did get a nice run. And with all the pressure and all the focus to finish with 106 yards on his, on his debut outing, no matter how he got it, it's still 106 yards. Um, you know, I have to, I, have to I, I mean, I'm not ready to call him one of the best backs in the NFL just yet. I'd like a little more sample size than eight games. But, you know, for, for Giant fans, you can, you can certainly see why he was their, you know, first-round draft pick. You can, you can see. And um, the potential, the potential that the Giants have with with you know Beckham and now this guy, and you can see that there, there's some potential here that they can gel. You know that they could they could be formidable down the stretch. There they could be they could be reckoned with down the stretch. Um, you know Philly was not all that impressive, even though they got the win. So you know the NFC East to me. You know, I, I think it's still – I mean, it's only one week, but I don't think any one of the four teams made a statement in the first week. I don't think any of them did. Uh, two won, two lost, but um, I don't think no one really made a statement. You know, it's not like, uh, it's not like Tampa. And, and we got we to gotta give Fitzpatrick his, his, his due. I mean, anybody who outduels Drew Brees and, and is not Ben or Aaron or, you know, Tom Brady – and outduels Drew Brees and gets a win. Drew puts up what forty-one, and he put up forty-eight. You know, like uh, we got we got. He ain't no rookie. I get it, but we got to recognize that hell of a performance. Tampa made a statement. They they made a statement. So, um, okay, good, good. Uh, moving right along here. Uh, all right, we got individual segments. I'm so excited for the segments. Um, uh, JB or K-Star, who wants to go first? Uh, I, I'll go first because I think K-Star, the flow works. So I, I'll go first with this one since we're recapping. And and with this being said, it's, it's the Phenom versus Peon segment where we're looking at the best overall and worst overall performances. And, and let me just say it doesn't necessarily have to be by a player, so I'll just uh, use it as a caveat. So for me, my – Phenom of the week, and, and T, you stole some of my thunder. thunder. It actually is uh, Fitzpatrick for the, the Buccaneers for the reasons that you said, outdoing Drew Brees in, in New Orleans, and the fact that when you look at week one and you look at all the starting quarterbacks, you really wasn't going to expect this kind of a performance from Fitzpatrick. We're talking four touchdowns through the air, one on the ground, over 400 yards, pass four and put up 48 points on the Saints defense that was, if I remember correctly, ranked 10th last year. And they got just about the same defensive players back. 
So to hang up that amount of yards and that amount of points, um, did not see that coming. So I give him the, the phenom player of the week. The, the peon of the week is not just a player. It's more like an organization. The player would be Nathan Peterman. The organization would be the Buffalo Bills. Because what in the Buffalo Blue Hell were they thinking about with this whole quarterback thing going on? He looked horrible, absolutely horrible. And, and I know T you said to Rod Taylor they must know something because they let him go. I'm not sure what they do know because if you're going to let him go and Peterman is your answer, y'all are going to be in for a really long season. They right now look like the Cleveland Browns of quarterbacking. Is that bad. So the, the, the Buffalo Bill Brass coordinator and quarterback, all of my piano of the week. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, you know, my only thing I'll add, I agree with you. The only thing I'll add is and Colin Kaepernick is still unemployed. Yo. <laughs> Take that for what it's worth, but he's still unemployed. So Yo. there you have it. For all the for all the all the haters out there. Um oh, you know, and, and, and before let me see if I can find this guy's Twitter handle. Hold on. Before K Star goes on, I gotta take somebody to pass. Um, I was tweeting during the game and this guy um had a nerve to call me out and called me a rookie and said that I was a bandwagon fan. I said, uh, hold on. Shut hold your pie hole <laughs> before I reach through Twitter and shut it for you. Uh, dude, don't be stealing my thunder. Why are you stealing my thunder? This is my, this is my little piece, man. Now we even. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're going to say. You knew what I was going to say. That's a little different. No, okay. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I got mute power, so don't, don't, don't mess with the guy with the control. <laughs> In the words of another oh. 40 hours, now we we can start fresh. <laughs> okay, like I said, I can't, I can't read your mind. So, uh, nice try. Uh, oh. Where is it? Why I can't find it? Oh, that's some good. I can't find it. Maybe he, uh, I don't remember the dude's name, man. Huh? I can't even find it now. I can't find it. I, I um. And we had we after I set them straight, then we went back and forth on some football stuff. Um, but I can't I can't find any of the any of the tweets from yesterday. All right. All right. Well, um, yeah, Jay kind of said it already. I, um, I, uh, he called me because what I said was that the team was horrible. I said uh, the offense was horrific, and he said bandwagon alert. Um, just the first game, and it's not even done yet, and we're already jumping to conclusions. Um, be careful of guys like this. And I said. All right, you can shut your pie hole before I reach through Twitter and shut it for you. It's called honest analysis. You should try it sometime. The team looks horrific, 
period or something like that, I said. Yeah. And, then, and then we ended up going back and forth on, you know, and I told, I said that they need to spread the field, go five wide and open things up because Zeke's got no running holes and nobody's getting open. So go five wide and try to open things up. What they do in the second half? They went five wide and they opened things up. And I was like, I'm like, look at, look at here. Look at here. So I wish I could find that dude. Maybe he like Rocky or something. Well, the one thing that I will say see on that, because I remember seeing that tweet, obviously, and, and the operative phrase that was missing all that was when you said the team looks horrible right now. And and I think that's that's a phrase that was missed that really should have been picked up because it's the truth. The team at that point did look horrible. You're not saying that the team is horrible and going to be. They just looked horrible by the way they were executing. And I think that's what he missed the most and should have realized that's where you're coming from. Um, yeah, that is what I said. And, you know, you, you comment on somebody that you don't know because you don't agree with one post and then you call me a rookie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, where are you getting that rookie thing from? I'm still looking for it. Cause I'm, oh, here it is. I did find it. I did find it. Um, so what he said was, stay away from these types. Camp, small sample size, first game of the season, don't be a rookie. That's what he said. And what I said that caused him to say that, Stephen Van Over is his name. And I, I'm calling him out. Sports talk, sports talk line. He's got like 22,000 followers, like I care. Um, he's also following 22,000, so there you have it. Uh, official Twitter account, editor, writer, podcaster. Talk, my phone will not stop ringing, and it's annoying. Okay. Uh, working NFL desk for Sports Talk Line. So that's who this guy is. And I had said, uh, Russ is one thing, but the offense looks horrific right now. So Jay, Jay called it. And then, of course, like I said, shut your pie hole before I reach through and shut it for you. It's called honest, honest analysis. You don't like it, I don't care. Dumb ass delusional fake fan. So, and then he, and then he chilled after yeah. that. But, um, yeah, too. Yeah, I, you know, he probably doesn't listen to the show, so, you know. But, you know, mind your business. Stay out of my business. Stay out of my business. That's all I got to say about that. All right. Um, what, 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 was the, what was the dude's name again? Remind me again. What was the dude's name? Oh, dude, man. Come on now. Hold on, man. I don't think got out of it. I can't, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, ask me again. Hold on. I uh, actually go look it up again. I, I'll get it to you in a minute. Case, okay, so why don't you go ahead with uh with your segment while I look up this guy? Again. All right, no problem. All right, guys. So bringing back one of the best segments we've had because it's presented by me is bona fide and bona front. And right away after week one, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you find that name? Okay. Okay. So week one just happened, and it was one of the most high-scoring weeks we've ever seen. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, let, let's look at some of these results, right? So the one that I want to highlight, first of all, is the Kansas City pass attack. They most certainly, and Patrick Mahomes leading the charge, 
are bona fide. That was a repeatable performance. So for those who walked through the weekend, Patrick Mahomes made his debut at San Diego. The boy threw for four touchdowns, uh, 127 rating, 9.5 yards per pass per attempt. Um, And all this was done with just, you know, the ground game really wasn't working. Kareem Hunt only had about 40 yards. Again, it was his debut, and they put up over 30-plus points on the Chargers. Uh, And this is something that's going to stick around. Patrick Mahomes, I'll put it like this. You don't let Alex Smith walk unless you got a player who is better. Andy Reid is a quarterback guru. Uh, he decided in the offseason to get rid of Alex Smith. It was for this very reason. It was to unveil uh, their first-round pick from a year ago, Patrick Mahomes. Um, and this guy was just sensational. Uh, this dude has one of the strongest arms I, frankly, have, have, have ever seen. It is a pure rifle. And, um, yeah, the Kansas City offense and the pass attack of it, completely bonafide. I don't know if anyone disagrees with that, but or, or if anyone got to see his performance, but he was he was sensational. Yeah, I, I, I could I could see that. The only thing that I guess I, I question, and, and I say that loosely, is just looking at his completion percentage of fifty five point six. Um, that I don't want to say it's a concern, but it's something to keep an eye on. Um, but he did have a, a, a good, solid game. I, I can't take that away from him. Potomac Bomb was, was the truth. I just worry about that completion percentage, and hopefully it'll, it'll rise with the games that will follow. What I, what I wanted to see, I, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to look at highlights. Uh, some highlights I did see. I just wanted to see how many of those passes were actually, you know, thrown, actually thrown past 15, 20 yards versus – uh, ten yards, throwing ten yards, and and to re, to re doing the rest of the work. Uh, so it, it, from a couple of highlights I saw, it, it did like he had some passes that were downfield. But yeah, completion percentage will will be a be a concern, um, especially in tougher games where he will need to win from the pocket. So uh, to okay. respond to that, because I have it in front of me, uh, that very question about Patrick Mahomes and the downfield passing. He actually um, was looking at next-gen stats. He was the third highest over the weekend in completed air yards, which is passes down the field uh, that travel through the air. It's not something that adjusts for yards after the catch. It's just pure, you know, how how far the ball traveled through the air. Uh, averaged 8.6 uh, completed air yards. So he was he was gunning it down the field and um, – Train. I don't know if you have a game pass or, or anything else, but it definitely would, would, would it's worth watching. Uh, he was he was that impressive. Okay. Uh, anything else? I feel like we're kind of flying yeah, through the so, tonight. <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, for, for my bona front, who a performance that. I didn't actually – that was really good over the weekend, but I don't actually believe it to be a thing, to believe it to be true, um, is what the Baltimore Ravens did to the Buffalo Bills. Now, I think the Ravens are going to be a good team this year. I think that they are certainly within the 9 to 10 win range for sure. Uh, but 48 to 3, I don't think they are that. I think that was a function of them playing the Buffalo Bills <laughs> – who, you know, uh, muster about 35 passing yards in the game. 
who were completely just awful. And I think that everyone projected the the Bills to be a bad team this this season. Um, Joe Flacco had three touchdowns. I don't expect this to be the norm every week. I actually think that Cincinnati is probably the better team over uh, relative to Baltimore. They play this Thursday. Um, so I think that they're going to come back down to earth. So, you know, I don't think that performance we saw from Baltimore is legitimate. I think it more is to do a function of what who Buffalo is. If Buffalo is a bona fide loser this year, I think they're going to certainly be one of the – probably the worst team in the league just given their – lack of roster talent uh, and, and their predicament of starting the Nathan Petermans and Josh Allens of the world throwing to like Calvin Benjamin and some toys that no one even knows of. Okay. So let me ask you something. Um, let me, let me, let me turn it around and, and let you answer bona fide versus bona front. Looking at Garoppolo in the game he had, is he bona fide or bona front? I still think he's bona fide. Uh, I know he had a couple of bad passes within the game. But he also, his team, uh, again, I watched – yeah, his team, man, he dropped – his team dropped like two or three touchdowns at the very least. Uh, George Kittle specifically, second-year tight end, had a couple of bombs dropped down the field that would have changed the collection of the game uh, that really, really cost them the game um, against Minnesota. They are uh, you know, at the doorstep throughout the game, but – you know, you had the Alfred Morris fumble the ball at the two-yard line when they're about to score and tie it up. Then you had those drop touchdowns. Um, he didn't play his best, but from what I saw, his teammates really were weren't doing anything to help him out. And so I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback and certainly a bona fide quarterback. Uh, I watched that entire. I watched that entire game. It is the one game I wanted to watch this weekend, and I sat and watched all six minutes of it. Um, is he a legit quarterback? Uh, yes, but highly overrated from what they pumped him up to. I'm sorry. You are not seasoned in this week. You haven't even played a full season yet. And it showed. And not uh, and and the, the the Kittle pass that you were talking about, like it was just slightly thrown farther than he can get it. Like it was pretty much off the skimp of his fingertips. Now maybe Kittle stopped running. I don't remember, but it was it was a little pass. Plus he threw two other interceptions. One was in the sea of purple people. While they still had a chance to win the game, so. Yeah, he can he can run Kyle Shanahan's offense, but he's not he's not a top one hundred in the NFL. I know me. Mm. I don't really have um, a take on him. I think he's definitely a good player. I don't you know I don't think he's I, I've never pumped him up or anything. I know a lot of people have. That's I think he's a bona fide player in terms of like he's he's a good quarterback from what we've seen and. um We'll see. I mean, the sample size is small. You're right. And I think that's the problem. If I can just jump in, is is you know, and I think the media is is very much to blame for this. Um, you know, if, if someone has a good game or a couple of good games, and they're sending them to the Hall of Fame, and you know, I, I just you know, I, I think I've been pretty accurate on my analysis of Cam Newton. 
good quarterback, not a great quarterback, not a Hall of Famer. He had one MVP season, God bless him. He made one Super Bowl appearance, God bless him. Overall, he, he's not on that level. He's not on the level of the four horsemen. He's good. He's a good quarterback, but he's not great. He's too inconsistent to be called great. And I've stood by that, you know, for the last few years, and he's done nothing to prove me wrong, and we've got a large sample size with Cam Newton. So, you know, I think it's, it, I, I think it's early to categorize Jimmy G as, or even as Stephen A. Smith, who, you know, I, I don't always agree with him, but he's like, he ain't been in the league long enough to have a nickname. I agree. It's just easier to say Jimmy G than Jimmy Garoppolo, so I'll say it, but I'm not trying to give him a nickname. You know, I'm just saying, let's get to, get, let's get to eight games and see where the 49ers are. See, see how they're doing. You know, there's film on them now. Um, you know, and, I, and we always talk about that. You know, and, and hey, I'll even admit it. I mean, although the Cowboys had a lot of adversity last year, but that comes out and leads the team to 13-3. and three. Last year, 9-7. and seven. This year, he's 0-1 and not looking very impressive. You know? So I just think we have to sometimes understand how the NFL works. And sometimes phenoms that come out, you know, and, and do so great in a few games, once you study the film and you create a scheme, all of a sudden they become human. Now, if you can still perform even after they've put film on you, I mean, look at Deshaun Watson. It's only one game, but he wasn't that impressive. Mm-hmm. Last year he was before he got hurt. Now there's film on him. Now, all of a sudden he's human again. That's why when you talk about a, a Rodgers, a Brady, a Breeze, a Roethlisberger, I'll even stick Ben in there still, even though he didn't play all that well. But we know what Big Ben is capable of. You know, that's why when you talk about the top-tier quarterbacks, all the film in the world, they're still going to go out there, and you know what they're going to do. <laughs> and they're still going to execute and get it done. But, but just to add with that, T, those guys that we call four horsemen, they didn't come out in their rookie or second or not even their third year and, and, took, and, take, and take the lead by storm. Then you went back and forth before this – before, no, 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 he played behind the defense. So calm down. Right, he still won rookie of the year. Take, he off, still take, off, them damn, year. take off them damn Steelers glasses. No, no, no. And calm he said, down. He didn't take the and lead. calm down. He said he didn't take the lead by a storm. Calm that down. is a subjective See, thing. You, you, you're being that rude. subjective thing. Let me, let me get my – let me get – he didn't. All right. He didn't. He played behind a very good defense. Settle down, son. Settle down and take notes. So, <laughs> me and you, T, me and you, T, specifically – you remember Drew Brees? You remember when they drafted yep. Phillip Rivers and all of a sudden this dude turned the corner and before there was even a Madden voice, me and you were talking back and forth and it was like, man, the Chargers should trade you, Brees. Now it's like, nah, they need to hang on to him. They just drafted Phillip Rivers. They don't know what they got, but Drew Brees just turned his corner. And he played for two more seasons at a high level with the Chargers before he suffered that injury and then the Saints take a chance on him and look at him. But my point is, it takes years for you to master what you're doing. Aaron Rodgers now is not the Aaron Rodgers. When he, when he, one, he sat for three years before he even touched the field. And it was still a couple of years before that, before he turned into the Aaron Rodgers he is now. Big Ben played behind a solid defense, and he rode the bus. He rode the bus to his first Super Bowl championship. 
still he'll drive that bus. Before we start to talk about him, before we started to talk about him in the category of four horsemen, because he wanted to see consistency. Tom Brady benefited from a very good defense, at least the first three championships, before all of a sudden he was taking over games himself because you started seeing Lloyd Malloy, uh I forgot those, some of those defensive players, man. Ty Law, Malloy, you started seeing all of them disappear, and there was nobody left but Tom Brady. They don't give these young quarterbacks time, man. Everybody want to praise them before they even get a chance to play some years in this league. Get some years under your belt. Get some experience before we start blessing these little almost these before we start just pumping these guys up. Like seriously, it doesn't make sense. I have no issue with anything Dr. Train is saying. It's stuff that I've said uh, consistently. Uh, K-Star and I have gone at it because I think, K-Star, you tend to jump on the bandwagon early and often, and I don't. And um, I just think that this, this you know, we, you know, we can go back to the Eagles and Chip Kelly and K-Star, you know, not to be the dead horse. We've, we've addressed this, but, you know, you called him the smartest mind in the game and thought what he was doing is revolutionary, and, you know, he's even back in college. <laughs> and um, no one is doing what he was doing. You know, he got nowhere doing it. He had some temporary success, but the league caught up, and it was too gimmicky. And, you know, the run-pass option isn't going to go anywhere, but it's not – it's it's another play. It's not not the scheme anymore. It's it's a play. (laughs) You know, it's not like when the Dolphins are running it and they're running it every play. Now it's just another play, if you call it. And, and defenses understand how to defend it. So, you know, it, it, you do have to give time and allow people to mature and develop to really see the consistency to then say, okay, this guy is now elevating himself to superstar level because we're seeing it no matter what is happening, it's still no one can stop Tom Brady. No one can stop Drew Brees, superstars, you know. And I think too many times the media in particular is quick. I mean, I yelled last week because they put Barkley as number two running back in the NFL. A guy played one game. Can, can we get eight games before we call him one of the best running backs in the NFL? Can we go through half the season, please? Please. That's all I want. Just give me half the season. And if he's sitting at half the season with 800, 900 yards, okay. If he's leading the league or if he's top three after eight games, okay, then maybe we can say that. They ain't played one game and they're calling him the best. You know, oh, yeah, he's best uh, wide, wide, uh, running back. Odell Beckham, the most talented wide receiver ever. What? That's what they're saying. Most talented wide receiver ever. Really? I don't know. This is a guy that just went in the Hall of Fame, Randy Moss. Woo. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry. I, you know, I, I, I can't put Beckham over Moss. Maybe in five years? Okay. Now? No. Talent-wise, we're talking strictly talent. Who is the most talented wide receiver in the history of the game? And you're going to say Beckham and not Moss? We got, we got to get some talent yeah, here, Moss. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's Moss. Talent-wise, it's Moss. I still would take Theo yeah. because Theo never took a playoff and Moss did. But talent-wise, his hands, his speed, it can go up. I, I, I can't I can't knock the talent. He's a phenom. You want to do peon a phenom? I mean, we got a whole segment now, right? You got Moss. 
<laughs> you, know? mm-hmm. and you know what I'm saying? You got Beckham's. <laughs> you got Moss, right? So, you know, I agree completely wholeheartedly and enthusiastically with Dr. Train. And he's right. You know, him and I, even before the Madden voice, man, we had some good discussions about, you know, the NFL and, you know, stuff. You know, most of the time I was right. But anyway, um, uh, so. Um, I said the same thing early in the preseason, uh, too. That that folks need to calm down with with breaking out all these annoying oils on these brand new quarterbacks. They need time. Get a bigger sample size, and then we'll see what's happening. Um, I just want to say when uh, Cam Newton does go into the Hall of Fame, T, you're coming with me. <laughs> you are coming with me. <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay. Oh um, man. <laughs> good news is I don't have to worry about taking that trip. That's good news. Unless he unless he all of a sudden swings up and starts doing something out of this world, I I'm not too worried. I don't see Hall of Fame. But see, man, Cam's consistent winner, bro. That also goes to my point. See, like these dudes can literally turn the corner at any at any time. Sometimes. They don't. Sometimes you don't see a pattern that say they will, but some quarterbacks actually do. It's almost like third, fourth year, it clicks and they get it. You know, just real quick on Cam, just real quick. Um, I, you know, I've come to realize something. I just don't like him. I, I just don't. <laughs> he's just not. He's not. He's not. He's not one of my guys. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like the mofo. I don't like him. I don't like his attitude. I don't like his arrogance. I don't like how he dressed. I don't like how he walks. I don't like how he talks. You know, I don't like how he chews gum. I don't like how there he There it is, folks. Oh, we got it. You know what I'm saying? I just well, don't like him. Well, you're not biased at all. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't. I don't. like the way he chews gum. Jesus. I don't like the way he chews gum. I don't, like, I don't like the way he sit on. I don't like the way he sit on the toilet and do poopies. I don't like him. Oh my god! I don't <laughs> like him. I I I realized it um, when I think it was Jay. I think they can't do a press conference in like a bathrobe or something. Wasn't yeah. he wearing like a long silk fucking overcoat robe yeah. or something? Yeah, I'm just like, you know, what are you doing? And then I listened to his interviews. He was interviewed um, recently, and I listened to how he talked in his interview, you know, and I'm just like, you know, this is a guy who comes out of the college ranks. Um, you know, he's got the smile. He's got the Heisman. He's got the national championship. He's big. He's good looking. He's athletic. Um, you know, he came out and he could make every throw and he looked good. And, you know, case I had him in the Hall of Fame from his rookie season. I did not. But, you know, and I said to myself then, right, remember, guys, I said, if he gets his attitude in check, he could be the face of the league. Remember me saying that? Well, how many years ago was that? And is he the face of the league? Is he even the face of this generation? No. I mean – he can't help that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are playing like and Big Ben. Like, 
Okay, but you know what? Know this, we're just spoiled got, with well, these quarterbacks. No. Uh, shoot, Russell Wilson. You can throw his name in there. Russell Wilson. Exactly. Russell Wilson's another one. Exactly. It has nothing you know, to do with ain't, the other quarterbacks. It ain't got nothing to do with four horsemen. It has to do with this generation of up-and-coming quarterbacks, and he could be the face of the next generation of quarterbacks, and he's not. He's just not. Tell me, K-Star, tell me I'm wrong. Here's your tip. Tell me I'm wrong. Do you consider him uh, the generation? Okay, so, it, okay, so I guess my question is this. If he's not, then who is? I mean, I would accept an, I would accept a Russell Wilson argument for sure. I don't know if he's Russell, the face. Right, I don't know if he's that much. I'm talking about the face of the league of the second generation, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, absolutely over Cam right now. Ugh. I'm not necessarily saying Dak's they're better, better on the Cam field. I, I'm not saying better on the field. I'm just saying when we're looking at the league, and we say, okay, we know the, all these other guys are in their mid-30s and even early 40s, so we know between Aaron Rodgers at whatever he is and, and Tom Brady, all these guys are aging rapidly, so who's the next group? And we look at the next group and we look at the face of the league, like, you know, when you think about the next generation of quarterbacks, I'm telling you, you can't make the first one to come to mind anymore. Dak will come to mind before Cam. Russell Wilson will come to mind before Cam. Why? Okay. Why would why would Dak come before Cam? Because Dak's got more endorsements. Because Dak's got a better image. That's why. I mean, Cam Newton lost the fucking the, what, what was the yogurt? The the, the triple, oinkos, oh, whatever. Yeah. Lost that to freaking Dak Prescott. That's, I, is he even, I'm not trying to let advertisers him. make that decision for me, though, because, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is not featured in any commercials because, unfortunately, of what women uh, alleged against him when he was a young player in the league. I don't think that all of a sudden and, he's and, not, like, and, a face of the league either. I mean, he's just not and, and, in and, commercials and stuff. No, no and, and when you look at the face of the league, it's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. It ain't Ben Roethlisberger. So, sorry. It's yeah, no, ben. that's what I'm saying, though. And, that, that's what I'm saying. Okay. That's my argument. I'm saying, well, he's not the face there, but he's, he's a not. You're Hall right. of Famer. I, that, but, but because he's won two Super Bowls and he's played at a certain level, he's a Hall of Famer. I'm saying Cam ain't played at Ben's level, so he ain't a Hall of Famer, and he doesn't have the image of a Dak or a Russell Wilson or, or an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady even. He doesn't have any of those images. So then what is he? He's why just not? another quarterback. He's actually pretty good. Man, Pete, I, I don't get why not. Because to me, Cam Newton does have that image. I, I guess we just must be seeing it in two different ways. Um, All right. I, he doesn't have the endorsements here, right? Like, no, 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 no. I'm saying that. I'm saying, no, no, no. I'm just saying my food was calling again, and I missed the call. I'm trying to get my damn dinner, guys, and I missed the call. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. I, I, keep All talking. Right. I got to get this. I'm trying to get my dinner. All keep right. talking. Well, well, give me your plate. Um, I don't want the media to make a decision for me and who's the face of the league because that's kind of what commercials are, right? I mean, that's that's like uh, my problem is Ken Newton should be one of the faces of the league, but he's not. Um, why? He averages over nine wins a season. He has had no feature receivers throughout his career except for Steve Smith for his first couple of years. Um, all the crap that 
you know, sometimes he gets. I mean, the guy is a proven winner. He averages over 4,000. I mean, yeah, like over 4,000 total yards per season. He's been a phenom. Uh, but, he but has the Superman pose. Like he has all the things you want. You're missing it, okay? He's a great. Yeah, you, you, you are, man. Unfortunately, you're, you're, you're too into the weeds. You got to come up a little bit. Get some, get some elevation. You're too far into the weeds. I'll sum it up with one okay, word. Uh, you might get lost. Nice try. It, it, <laughs> it's about, it's about marketability. And the people that we've mentioned, the Russell Wilsons of the world, the Bradys of the world. These are folks that have marketing ability because they don't have the spotlight directly on them. Cam brings too much attention to him to allow for him to be as marketable as you may think he should be. Russell Wilson doesn't bring that kind of attention. Dak Prescott doesn't bring that kind of attention. Tom Brady doesn't bring that kind of attention. It's more than just the success on the field. There's, there's intangible. You know what has to do with the media? Out. You know what it has to do with how the media portrays him? I think Cam earns his image between, you know, I don't even remember what he did where he, he lost his endorsement. I can't remember now. But uh, between yeah, that, so. between the, the, the poor press conferences, and then on top of it, he's not playing at a great level. So it was like no matter where you go, there's a problem. He's not consistent on the field. He's not consistent off the field. So – Here's a guy who had all the tools to become the face of the league, and he's not there. And at this point, I don't see it happening. Now, that, that could change. That could change. But I don't see it happening. And, I, and I, was, I was very clear on this several years ago when we had this conversation that he could be, but he needs to get himself together if he's going to be. And, you know, four or five years later, we're having this conversation that I think he's gone downhill. Like I said, you know, when I see the interviews and I'm listening to him talk and, you know, I even think about the, the video with him and Kelvin Benjamin and um, uh, what's his name there, the linebacker, um, uh, Davis, Davis, the linebacker for Carolina. And Thomas Davis, um, Thomas Davis, and Thomas Davis is the leader of that team. And, you know, he's standing there and you see Cam with this, go on, let me talk to homeboy, you go on about your business. Who the hell is you talking to? He's talking to Thomas Davis, man, the leader of that team, too. Why are you brushing him off like he ain't nobody? You know? And the way, if you watch, just watch how he did it. You know, like, I'm Cam motherfucking Newton. You know? His little brush him off kind of thing. It's not like he said, hey, 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 TD. Let's just say they call him TD. I don't know what they call him. I'm making it up. Hey, TD, give me a minute with, give me a minute with Benjamin here, man. I need to holler at him for a minute. Nah, he had to do that little, go on, go on. Little, like, like you looking back, like, dude, Really? It's just his whole his listen. If he needs to hire an image consultant to help him, and he could regain it, but it went downhill when he's winning and he's dabbing and he's losing and he's pouting, and it went downhill and he hasn't recovered since. And he nah, so what uh, happened? I just found out. I okay. So um, I'm saying no to how he lost his uh, endorsement. I forgot about this. Uh, so a female reporter asked him a question about routes and. All what Cam said that it was funny uh, to hear a woman ask him a question about running about route concepts, and that's why he lost his endorsement. Which say that again, Jesus. So there was a, a female reporter about a year ago oh, who asked Cam right. in a press conference about uh, the route concepts and whatnot, that. and Cam 
and Cam, you know, he laughed. He said it was funny that there was a team asking about route concepts, and that was that was why he lost his endorsement. Which to me is BS, but you know, whatever. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember that now. I remember that now. Okay. Um, yeah, and I even even I thought that was a bit much. Um, he wasn't trying to be know, mean when that happened. I remember this. No, I, I, I actually agree with you there. I, I, I actually do think that that was a bit of an overreaction to something that I think I think he meant it a different way than it came out. But, again, you know, when you're at that level, you've got to know these things. You've got to be smart enough to just not even go there. You know, especially today, the Me Too movement and all this stuff going on, like you don't even want to come across as being sexist. You just don't. Um, so – Speaking of uh, sexism, I want to touch on one other thing before we get to Dr. Train's segment. Um, I'm just wondering if any of you guys heard about what went on. I know it's not football, but I just felt the need to kind of talk about it if we can. The whole Serena Williams um, uh, thing in the, in the, I think it's the U.S. Open that she lost to the uh, Japanese-American uh, lady. Did y'all hear about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, certainly I can go on, but Dave, you want to, you know, your thoughts on, you know, uh, well, let me, let me just say what happened. So, so, um, you know, the, the long and short of it is the chair umpire continually penalized Serena, um, you know, said that she was getting coaching from the stands, which the coach did admit that he was doing. He said, everybody does it, but he doesn't think he saw her. But the chair didn't care whether he saw her or not, whether she saw him or not. Serena got upset and said, hey, uh, I have a daughter. I don't cheat. I'd rather lose than cheat. He didn't care. He still penalized her. Then um, she uh, smashed her racket, which is an automatic penalty. And then he called, she called him a thief because he took a game away. And she said, you owe me an apology. And then he penalized her again. So she got three penalties. And her position is, I've seen men do that and worse and not get penalized at all. And some prominent male tennis players came on Twitter and said, yeah, I've done worse and didn't get penalized. And so her whole point was, you know, I'm standing up for everybody. You know, clearly she's the best in the world, even though she lost. She's still the best in the world. She's the best ever. And some call her arguably the best athlete of all time. I've got no argument with that claim, to be totally honest with you. I would, I would say that, you know, when you talk about some of the top athletes in the history of any sport, men or women, and you talk about Michael Jordan and you talk about, you know, um, Tiger Woods maybe, since, you know, Tiger's actually starting to play really well again, and you talk about Ali you know, and just, you know, Floyd Mayweather, what have you, you know, you start looking at the top level of performers ever. Um, if you don't put Serena in that discussion, I think, I think you're being sexist. I think you're discounting the fact that she's a woman. She's incredible. What she's done is just incredible. Um, so that said, JV, you think Serena was right, wrong, um, you know, a little bit of both. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, I agree with with a lot of what she's saying. Uh, I think there's she has to take a little bit of the blame as well. But overall, especially when you have prominent male tennis players coming out and saying that they've done worse and not get penalized, and and hopefully this is all geared specifically towards that umpire 
and not just a, painting it with a broad brush. I can certainly see where she's coming from, and I, I really don't have any issues with it. I think from from a tennis perspective, they I think they've kind of had it in for Serena almost from the jump because of going back to when she was had, had her sister uh, Venus, and they did the braids and, and the beads and whatnot, and then she comes out with these um, different attire and whatnot. I think all of that has been placed against her. And I think is done unfairly so. She's a, an absolute phenomenal tennis player. And I think even in this case, because of what she's done for the sport and, and the, the longevity and the greatness of that longevity, I would give her a pass just because of, of the history that she's been able to provide the sport. Anybody else comment on the Serena issue? I don't know if you guys know about it or not. If you don't, then I'll jump in. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's pretty gross that Serena made it a sexist thing. The reason why I think it's pretty gross is because literally there are very specific rules, and that umpire, or whatever you want to call him, is known to be this guy that calls it down the line. Um, I know I don't have all the infractions in front of me. I didn't know it was going to be a segment, but I know Stephen A. Smith went through the litany of them dating to earlier this year, and she was very consistent in calling those same penalties against men as well. So to paint in such a broad brush and make it that as quickly as she did seemed really disingenuous um, and selfish, honestly. Like, I don't even know the girl's name who won. And, I mean, the thing is, like, tennis has made so much money on Serena. Hold on, hold on. Tennis in general has made so much money off the Williams sisters because they've been so dominant. They've been so awesome. But, like, I don't see why they would have a quote-unquote out for her when it's this dude who literally calls it on the line for everyone, uh, man or woman, apparently, uh, that comes to play. Um, I completely and emphatically disagree with you, and I disagree with Stephen A. Smith. Um, you know, this is, this is, yeah, superstars get a break. Superstars get the benefit of the doubt. LeBron James goes to the hole in the Not fourth quarter and gets hit. You call the foul. But, but that's the problem. He should have given her a break. That's the problem. Men in the same situation, and this isn't me talking. This is men that stood up on Twitter and said, I've done far worse and was not penalized. So prominent tennis players, men, have officiating though. said, okay, it doesn't matter who's officiating. She is a superstar. Yes, she puts butts in that. Oh, yes, it does matter. It, do, it does matter that it's her. She is a superstar. She puts butts in those seats. She, you have made, you just said it. How much money have they made on Serena Williams? How much? We don't even know. And here's a ton. A ton. Okay, so you know what? So if, if, the, if, the, if all the coaches out there coach and she's saying she didn't see it, why penalize her? Why not say, okay, we're going to give him a warning and tell him not to do it again? What, what's wrong because with that? He's like, the Joey Crawford of, he's like the Joey Crawford of NBA referees, apparently, with his resume. Okay, like, and I'm saying he's wrong. Is. I'm saying he's wrong. I'm saying he's handling it wrong. I'm not saying that she would have won. Don't mistake what I'm saying. I think the girl was on her game, and the girl was going to beat her regardless. I'm not saying that. I'm saying is 
is you're going to sit there and, I mean, think about it. I'm playing tennis. My coach is up there coaching me. I don't see him. Next thing I know, I'm getting penalized for it. I'm telling you I didn't see him. You've roughed me before. I have no track record in this area. I don't break rules. I'm not a rule breaker. I'm not a violator. I'm a superstar. I bust my ass and I win. And I'm telling you that I didn't, I didn't uh, see it. What are you talking about? And you penalize me? And you penalize me. You don't live in an age where the people that do better get treated the same as the flunky. That's not how it works. Sorry, I didn't create the rules. I'm playing by those rules. When you're at the top of the game and you're a superstar and you're the face of the sport, you get some consideration. When she smashed her racket, okay, hey, can't help you there. You're going to get penalized because that's, that's a blatant violation. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, so you're going to get whatever penalty comes to you. You get another one because she, he called you a thief? Come on now. Right, go, go YouTube Jimmy Connors. Go YouTube John McEnroe. Go YouTube Philly Nastasi. So – and tell me when those guys got penalized for saying far worse than what Serena said. That's, that's my point. Fine. That's fine. But the only thing is, it would that would be completely legitimate if he were officiating those games, if it were him. But it's one. It, it, Maybe it's one. I don't. I don't care who the official is. That's her point. Is it, this is one it, sport, and if a man can go out there and cuss and swear and not get penalized. And then why am I getting penalized? I don't care who's sitting in that chair. Understand, this is your profession. You should know what's going on in your profession. You should know. This should be consistent. Doesn't that apply? Well, he has been consistent. Doesn't that apply to Serena? She should know. She's the professional. She should know who's refereeing the game. And and I said, when she smashed her racket, that's a clear-cut violation. There's no wiggle room on that at all. But the coaching thing, I called you a thief, and you call it verbal abuse because you stole a point from me? It's verbal abuse? They tell her she, she was supposed to wear a cat suit. And now, this isn't this guy, but it's still tennis. And because, uh, because she was afraid of blood clotting, they tell her she can't wear it? What? Another girl gets in trouble because she took her shirt off during the game? She had, you know, the right stuff on underneath. But because she took her shirt off, there is beginning to, we're beginning to see a pattern where the women are not being treated appropriately. And I think it's valid, and I think they need to step up and do something about it. And Serena was speaking up on it. Serena's like, I got penalized three times. One of them, I don't know that she said this, but I'm saying it for her. One of them was legit. The other two, come on, man. You have discretion. If you choose not to do it, then you're going to get called out but you do have the discretion. And if you're not going to give Serena the benefit of the doubt, then who will you give it to? Everything ain't black and white. Sometimes you've got to use your discretion. You know, when you're making yourself the story, there's a problem here. And that's what he did. He made himself the story. Yeah. Uh, and that's a problem. Unfortunately, there's a lot of referees who do that, you know, across multi-sports. I mean, it's... And, and it's a problem. It's a problem when, when the referee becomes the story. That's my point. And I think he could have handled it back. I agree with that. That's, so, all right. Uh, Trey, you are up. Uh, you want to talk about the pick'ems and um, 
do we guys are we doing live pickums on the show for this week or do we want to just train you 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 um discuss last week's pickum and the results and then we do the, you know what do you guys want to do you want to do pickums live or you want to do them via email uh you know if people want time to think about them you know send we can we can send them you can send them via email uh and as long as they're in by friday uh, yeah a lot can change between now yeah. and then. I'd rather just do email. Yeah. Uh, uh, with, okay. the exception of, with the exception of the Thursday night game that needs to, of course, be given prior, you know, prior to it starting. Right. Okay. So that sounds like a plan? Sounds like a plan. Cool with me. All right. So um, this is our... Uh, pick six segment, you know, not like the real pick six where quarterbacks look stupid and defenses look great and give a lot of fantasy points for it. But for us, we just choose six games and uh, six games that we think are are will be good games, games that could 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 tell a story later on in the season, uh, or just really really good matchups or just must see games. But last week, six six results uh, ended up with um, uh, your boy at the bottom starting to train with two three, and I just count the tie as one. Uh, Commiss T and little big brother J came in tied at three two and one, and uh, K star starts off strong with five zero oh, and one. So no losses, but. We probably should slide that. Hey, 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 K Star was five oh and one. Yeah. Goddamn right. What was the fucking what, hurt right? What was the one, K Star? I I forgot. What was that one? <laughs> You're right, bro. I, I should have been six and oh. You're totally right. You know, I'm I'm getting old. I'm I'm getting senile in my old age. I that 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 one, that five oh and one, what was that what was that one again? That was some game. Um Okay, sorry. I, yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Okay, guys. <laughs> Asshole. Definitely not a W. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't getting a plate either, so go ahead. All right. Um, all right, so so this week's pick six, you know, I went through the schedule and kind of chose what I, what I thought was, was pretty good matchups. Um, uh, things take a look at. So we got um, – I think this is the Thursday night matchup of Baltimore and Cincinnati. This is actually a battle for, you know, to the first team in that division to start off two and zero. Both these teams won last week, um, and we saw it. In that case, stars division, Baltimore and Cincinnati. Okay, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. It is in a C North. Um, so AFC North. AFC North. North. Sorry, AFC North. Yeah, that, that would be my division. So AFC North. You saw Baltimore, uh, man, smash a dismal uh, Buffalo team that will probably be the worst in the league this year. Um, yeah. And we saw uh, Cincinnati pull out a uh, pull out a W as well. Uh, look like they might have all their pieces uh, on offense and defense, so it should be a, it should be a good battle. Um, next up, we got them. Them bona fide Kansas City Chiefs 
<laughs> against them. Uh, I tied my first lane. I turned my. I tied my first game of the uh, of the season with the worst team of the league, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, uh, at least we know how to tie our, our shoes rather than follow on our own feet like the Bears did against the Packers, one to twenty over lead. Ooh, that was that was all, that, that was also one of the best teams best teams in the division. Yeah. Best yeah. team in the division plus uh, consistent playoff team versus a team that won one game in two seasons. Shoes untied, bro. Shoes untied. All I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Hey, hey, train man. I, I listen. I you know unlike K Star who doesn't let the body's rest before he starts throwing jabs. You know, he starts <laughs> starts talking. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't going to say nothing, but, man, for, you know, for Aaron to come in on one leg, man, and throw three touchdowns, man, to take you guys out, man. I mean, you played him more than I have, but, man, I feel your pain because dude got us twice in the damn playoffs, man. Got us twice. So, you know, I, I feel your pain, bro, but I wasn't going to say nothing because I already know how it is. Especially when it's that dude, the K Star, he'll just jump right out and say something. He's got no like, okay, let me let twenty four hours go by before I start ragging you. He just no. jump right in, right in the suit. Hey man, no. I listened to you and I gave train, I gave train the first forty eight, but you know, no worries, no worries. Those those Steelers still won't get past uh, get past the Patriots, and okay, next time they see the Browns, it might be an L. It's it's it's, uh, it's it's no worries, no worries. Now, looking down, just, looking down the road, that tie is going to be real interesting. I hope it doesn't come back to that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Dude, looking down the road, the Cowboys lost to the Panthers, and that's going to come back. That could come back and bite them later in the season when they're trying to get a wild card spot. Talk about games that you know. This dude on Twitter talking about, oh, it's one game, you know. Uh, dude, it's 16 games. Every damn game counts. Don't give me, you know, every I'm tired of this. Yeah, every game counts. From the first to the last, every game counts. So I don't want to hear from anybody that thinks they know football but really don't know football. Oh, well, you know, it, 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 it's the first game of the season. No, it's, there's only 16. This ain't basketball. Damn sure ain't baseball. This football, 16 games, they all count, okay? Later in the season, when your team's trying to get in the playoffs, you start thinking about games that you gave away. Damn, that was one we should have had. That was one we should have had because there's only 16 of these something. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hear about, <laughs> oh, well, you know. That's a country. annoying, man. That's a country phrase right there. Let me just say real quick, man, before the train continues. <laughs> you people out there that think you know football, shut your mouth. Just shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, it just gets annoying. You get on these little tangents and you talk, and you don't make no sense. You don't make no sense. You know, oh, uh, you know, it, it, I, I hear it and I'm like, what are you saying? Do you even speak English? Do you even understand how to talk football? It's annoying. Shut up. Shut up and defer to people that actually watch the game and actually understand the game and have actually watched the game longer than 10 minutes and don't just get, you know, the highlights from Sports Center. Like us four, we actually watch the game. All right, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just cranky. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Train. You were saying. Go ahead, man. Get your food. That's what I'm saying, bro. I ain't eating, man. Mm-hmm. I ain't eating. It's 1025. I haven't eaten. Brother Snickers, man. We get it. So 
I'm hey, angry, man. I don't right. get no plate either. Okay, so. Yeah, just for no plate. So, so uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's, I, I might be a little nervous about this game, just in that she called it, called those uh, NCC's kind of bon- you know, bona fide. You know, there's no bail. Yeah, you got you got Connor, uh, but you're going you're gonna to see a powerhouse. You're going to see a powerhouse of an offense. And Tyreek Hill, oh, my God, that dude is ridiculously uh, fast. Um, yeah, I'm already scared. Uh, any yeah. any time. So, um, yeah, man. Um, yeah. Uh, so next, uh, we got. Can, the, hey, uh, Trent, can just make a quick note about that yeah. game. I'm sorry, I just a quick yeah, note yeah, yeah. about that game specifically. Okay, cool. Um, for all people that play daily fantasy football or fantasy football in general, just play everyone from the Chiefs Steelers game. Steelers are at home. We score over 30, average over 30 points per season the last four years. The Chiefs, beat, or the Chiefs are going to light us up on offense, too. Like, it's going to be a high-scoring game, so just play everybody. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Hope, I mean, it's – Play yeah. everybody. Just, just do it. Play everybody. <laughs> Fucking everybody. All right, so uh, we got the Purple People Eaters going against uh, the one-legged bad man and Rodgers. Anyway, um, yeah. Who, who's, uh, playing, I, who's, playing, who's playing the Packers? Purple PB, Minnesota, the Vikings. Oh, okay. You, you know they're still looking at Aaron's knee, right? Yeah, I know. I know. So I put it on here with the with the with the with the sense that Aaron Rodgers will be playing. Um. Uh, and I'll keep track of this because if, if not, I'd rather choose a uh, – because if he's not playing, no one's picking Green Bay. Bruh. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to keep watching this and try to see if I have an alternate pick, pick game to go with this. Um, next, we got a playoff rematch. Uh, New England up against Jacksonville. And uh, I definitely put this on there because of the playoff rematch, because of all the noise that um, Jalen Ramsey talks about his quarterback comparison, every other quarterback in the league. And uh, I don't know. I'm, 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 I, I don't think they're any different than where they ended up last season, where they got a, a stout defense and a Blake Bortles that can't really, uh, that's not going to be able to really get it done. So, um, but, but we'll see. Um. Next, oh man, this this should all be a fun one to watch. We got Saquon versus Zeke. We got Manning versus Dak, and we got a battle for the bottom of the NFC. So whoever loses this starts out zero and two in the NFC. Which you know is yeah, always a wide open division. This is a must win for both teams. We know the statistics on if you start out zero and two, your chances of making it to the playoffs. So this is a this is a must win for both teams. Now, obviously, statistics, statistics, who cares? But both teams want to win this game. However, it is in Dallas. I was at this game last year, Sunday night football opening game in Dallas, and Dallas did 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 win, but um, they didn't have that running back on the, on the on the the other team that they have this year. So um, this is, this should be a very good game. Yep. I'll, I'll put it this way. Uh, I'll put it this way, T. And um, this is just my honest analysis. You know, um, 
and it's it's, a, it's slight slightly fantasy football perspective, but anyway, I, I I had the third overall pick in uh in, in a league, uh one of my other leagues, and uh the first and second pick in that league, kid you not, was Aaron Rodgers, then Antonio Brown. That's just how it went. So I had the first pick of all running backs, and, and per our conversation on the show. I, I, I say my gut, I went with deep, hoping I'm not going to regret it later because Alvin Kamara looks uh, uh, Hold amazing. on a second. Is this, I'm having a hard time hearing you. Is it me or is it you? Uh, I don't know. Anybody else having a hard time hearing me? Mm, sound all right. I've heard you better. Okay. Maybe maybe it's me. Okay. Keep Keep going then. I'm sorry. Well, let me, let me do this then, just so I'll be clear. I was trying to make sure I had the thing in front of me. The whole thing. It is better. Just keep going. Okay. Yes. All right. Much better. Um. Okay. Well, uh, I, I, I say all that. I, I, I went with Zeke, but when I went and I looked at the Dallas Cowboys' schedule for the remainder of the season, and – Outside of the Eagles, I think you guys probably play one of the tougher defenses that's actually on your schedule. Uh, I liked, and I actually did watch most of that game, and I like what I saw in Dallas on defense. And it's definitely you're definitely going to need it going up against uh, uh, what I saw from highlights of, of Saquon Barkley. So uh, that should actually be a good game. And yeah, it should be a good game. <laughs> do, I sense, do I sense any nervousness to you? <laughs> um, I, I no, I, you know what? No, I, I don't. I, I'm, it's not nervous. The, the team's gonna. I don't have any expectations. The team's gonna be what's gonna be. Um, I I I think if they can figure out how to get something done in the passing game. I think there's a chance that the team could turn into something. I'm worried because the passing game was non-existent. Between Dak just being terrible and then them not having anybody to strike fear in the secondary and it allowed them to load up in the box, man up on, on the receivers and load up in the box and he had problems finding holes. And then you take that Travis Frederick, the center is out. And so, they have a rookie guard, and they have a new center. He's not a rookie. He's a veteran, but he's not Travis Frederick. So two of, you know, the, the linemen aren't even there. I mean, there's areas for me to be concerned. They're going to need to roll that back out. They're going to need to roll them out. They're going to need some quick passes, some screens, you know, some, some, some the bubble screens and wheel routes with Zeke, and they're going to need to do some different things that I didn't see in this game. So I'm not worried. I am. I am concerned that this is going to be a very long goddamn season. <laughs> That's what I'm concerned about. That you know this, well, this season is going to be a, amount to nothing but a bunch of shit for the Cowboys. Now, did I hear you correctly when you said they're actually paying Des Bryant dead money? Oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah. They cut him. So Des Bryant's getting 16 million because he was going to count 12 million against the cap. 
But because they cut them, it's $16 million that they had to pay them. And they knew that. And they didn't even wait. They didn't, wait. They didn't even wait until after June 1st. So what they wait. need to do is pick up the phone, call them. That's all they need to do. <laughs> so wait, wait a minute. Let me make sure I understand. Because that, that's the part I did, I did not know. He would have stayed on the team counting twelve million against the count, but he got cut. Yes. And his, you said, did you say sixteen or six? Sixteen, sixteen. When they cut 16. him, sixteen. So four million more first. to cut him. Yes. Wow. It accelerated what wow. they owed him. Next year he won't count anything, but this year they're taking a hit. This year. That's, Yo, that's that how bad they want him out. out. Wow, yeah. that had to have been a Dax. That had to have been like a Dak request. That's just crazy. Like, that's not good. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Damn. Okay. Um. All right. All right. Um. Yeah, yeah. Good look, man. I will say this. I've I've lived through a season where. We've had no receivers to throw the ball to. Um, Cole Beasley probably would have looked at number one receiver on Chicago last year. So, you know, that's how bad we were. So you guys are a little better than that at the receiver. Mm. All right, Hopefully so, that makes you feel better. <laughs> so last but not least, uh, Seattle at Chicago. Um Man, I'm glad it's a home game. <sighs> that loss still hurt like a motherfucker. This is gonna be a long week. So, um, <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> Chicago needs to bounce back because Seattle is also 0-1. They're home for their first win. Um, I saw what Von Miller was able to do against Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm sure they saw the highlights of Khalil Mack, and I'm sure they'll they'll try to game plan for him, which means the rest of the defense need to act like they were a top-ten defense before Khalil Mack came along. And um, I hope Matt Nagy uh, feeds the ball to Jordan Howard just a little bit more when it counts. Because once that guy gets to going, in case you familiar with it, once he gets to going, he, he's, he's gone. Really tough round. Yeah. Yes. Um so we'll we'll see. I'm I'm still excited, but I'm also pissed. So it was fucking Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers on one fucking leg and we couldn't even come out with a W while we lost a twenty to zero lead at fucking halftime. Is this radar? Okay. Yep. <laughs> no, it is. Uh. <laughs> uh. Train, I'm sorry. Um, Can I say that, like, and I think we all probably in agreement, that was, like, one of the most unfortunate hurts, losses yeah, I've seen. Like, I, Can you imagine I remember texting you, I remember texting you being like, wow, damn, the Bears are looking good. And I think they do look good. Yeah. They just choked it away. They and went from opportunities. the Bears looking nice to no text at all, and I was just like, they understand my pain. There's nothing else to be said. Can you imagine sitting yep. here looking at the game? You see Aaron Rodgers come out, 
you're not nervous or anything simply because you saw what your pass rush did. You're expecting to see some of the same in the second half. And they get the field goal, and you're like, we're still good. It's 20 to 3. And then the first bump, 39 yard touchdown to the third wide receiver on what's supposed to be your best cornerback. Shit starts getting real. Ugly as the game well, slowly progresses. Here's the good news, Train. Get him one more time. We do. And I hope that bastard is healthy. Kind <laughs> <laughs> uh, of remind me of the, the Falcon and Patriots Super Bowl game, to be honest with you. Falcons were up 28 to 3. Looked like they had it sold away. One score later. I remember T and I were both watching that game. We even knew at halftime. It was too soon. And when they got that field goal, I started to say, you know what? I ain't too I ain't too confident. You just need a cyber hug there, dog. You need a cyber hug. I understand. Yeah, dude. I mean, it, they were so – they made sure Aaron Rodgers wasn't, wasn't going to get touched so that he even got an intentional grounding so he would not get sacked. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit, they coming. I'm just going to throw it over that way where no one is simply because I can't get sacked right now. I'm to see another day. It was, damn it. I'm talking so much shit. Okay. Whew. All right. Well, um, all right. Um, Interesting show we've had tonight. I think we covered everything, all of our segments. Um, so unless there's anything else anybody wants to discuss, uh, my food is waiting on me. So let's go to final segments, final thoughts. Uh, let's go to K-Star first. Any final thoughts? Yeah. Um, I'm just so happy football is back. Like when the Red Zone channel was doing the 5-4-3-2-1 countdown, that was, that was Christmas NFL uh, – uh, Christmas in September, like for real. So I was looking forward to this rest of the year. Uh, we shouldn't ever overreact, but we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't underreact either. So let's see how this goes. I like it, underreact. Thank you. All right. Uh, JB? Well, with today being 9-11, obviously remembrance of what happened 17 years ago, parts uh, still go out to those affected by it. And then also with this impending hurricane out there in the, in the Atlantic heading towards the Carolinas and into Virginia, hopefully uh, all of our peoples out there are, are prepared and bracing themselves. So um, they're in my prayers as well because this looks like right now to be one significant storm, to say the least. So thoughts and prayers out to those that are in the past. Okay. Dr. Train. Uh same sentiments, uh, little bit brother Jay. Thanks for saying all that too. Absolutely. Um man, I'll just say definitely glad football is back. Man, it it it's tough to lose such a game to your rival, but <laughs> I, I I really am hoping that what I saw in the first half is something that my team can continue for sixty minutes for the rest of the season every single game that they play 
So I was feeling hopeful. Uh, I saw some other football. I mean, what I saw from the Jets was crazy. Sam Donald, you know, looks like he may be he may be something special. But Todd Bowles looked like he might have the defense back that he was expecting to have when he took over. And if so, oh, my goodness, um, look out. Uh, are the Browns for real? K-Star won't admit it, but <laughs> they almost took a L there. But it would be interesting to see what their season looks like. It's, I'm, I'm just simply excited because it's going to be another season where we don't know who's going to do what. And uh, all we got to do is wait for the next Thursday, Sunday, Monday. All right. So uh, thank you, gentlemen. Um, so um, I, I won't go. I don't have much to say because my stomach is saying, are you going to feed me or what? Um, I echo Jason's sentiments about um, the hurricane. I hope everyone, you know, I have people down there. I know we all have people, friends, family. So I hope everybody's following the weather and following the, the you know, whatever local reports. And if you're being told to evacuate, evacuate. Get the hell out uh, while you can. Um, this is looking like a doozy. So, um, you know, get the hell out. Um, you know, 9-11, you know, was, was 17 years ago. And, um, you know, I just had my, my youngest daughter just turned 18, and I've got my oldest daughter who will be turning 22 next week. And certainly they were little when all this went down, and it was a very um, – you know, it was a scary time for this country. Um, you know, when the second plane hit, I remember being at work in Hartford, and I had a TV in my office because I used to use it to do training videos. So I had the only TV in the whole building, and we had heard that there was a, a plane hit one of the towers. Actually, I heard it on the radio. Didn't think much of it, and then we heard a second plane hit, and it was like, oh, wait a minute. So we turned on the TV and could see the, the, the tower smoking, and it was just surreal um, to, to see it on television, the whole thing, and, and, and to see the towers come down. And, you know, at that moment, you don't know who, if there's people still in there. You're like, we don't know. We don't know anything at that moment. So we're all just glued to the TV watching you know, all the channels. There was nothing, every, every channel pretty much. And I just remember feeling patriotic, not immediately, but later. I remember driving around and not being angry when someone cut me off. And I just remember feeling like this is our country. And them bastards came over here and killed our people. And I remember the leadership of Bush 43. And, and you got to give it to him. He did a great job. He was a great leader at that time. And he did exactly what this country needed at that time. In one of the most fearful times in my lifetime and certainly um, in the history of this country. And I, and I just want to remind people of how good it felt to have someone that we felt did a good job leading us through those dark days. And when you look around to see what's going on today, we don't have that in the White House. We don't. You know, we just don't. And I would only say to anyone out there listening, um, 
I implore you to get the message up there that this guy needs to step up and become a better leader for this country. He needs to, because he's not doing a good job as a leader of this country. I'm not even going to get into the politics of it. I'm not even going to get into the, to the, the policies because, you know, we can go back and forth and I have my opinion and others have theirs. That's a different discussion for another day. As a leader, however, he's terrible. He's a terrible leader. And it's a problem. Op-eds coming out and books coming out and everybody is and everybody's saying the same thing about this guy. And I used to say this back in the Madden days of my Madden days and dealing with the Madden people and arguing with people. And, and I used to always say, you know, when everybody says the same thing and you disagree, everybody else can't be wrong. Everybody else can't be wrong. Something's going on here. So I would only say if we're celebrating 9-11, let's celebrate the great, the great leadership he had from a Republican president, I mind you. And let's hope that somewhere in 45's head, he's watching some of the old videos of 43, and maybe he picks up a tip or two on how to really be a leader, how to really lead us and inspire us and make us feel like you got our back. Not from policy, but from your actions. That's all we can hope for as Americans in this country. That's all we can all hope for. Black, white, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian. <laughs> That's all we can hope for. So on that note, um, you know, you guys enjoy the game. They'll be over before you know it. You know, I go through, we go through this every season. We're going into week two. But guess what? You're going to blink, and it's going to be Halloween. And you're going to blink again, and it's going to be Thanksgiving, and you're going to blink again, and it's going to be Christmas, and it's going to be like the last week or two of the season. It's going to go that fast. So thank God we've got Thursday night. We've got Sunday all, all day. We've got Sunday night. They hit us with a doubleheader last night. We've got plenty of football watch. Guys, enjoy it. Enjoy it. I'm happy that it's here. Welcome back, football. So Dr. Train to JB and to K-Star. Remember, gentlemen, ladies, people. Oh, she's still settled on that. Yeah, I'm going to feel. We'll see you next week. Good night, everybody. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.